Hi, this is Anthony Parent of IRS Medic. And you know, for years we've been helping people get in compliance with the IRS and a lot of our clients are overseas. And well, a lot of our clients have to think hard, do they still want to become a US person? And in fact, we've helped people renounce their citizenship because the tax compliance can be so onerous and difficult. And if you're not going to come back to the United States, you might want to renounce. And so we've done it. And this is the question I've gotten. People have renounced or they're fearful about it. I would say this is the top question. And with me is John Richardson. He's going to answer this one. John, if you renounce your citizenship, is there any way that you're they're ever going to let you back into the United States to travel or visit friends? Oh, absolutely. Positively, totally. And probably you're going to get preferred treatment once you're in as not being an American citizen. Uh, you know, America is very, very good uh, to its visitors. I mean, so if you renounce, basically, you're just treated as a citizen of whatever country, uh, you know, you're a citizen of. If Canadian, for example, all you need to do is show your U.S. passport. If, you you mean know, Canadian you, passport. You, you mean your Canadian, Canadian. passport. <laughs> so, no, nah, no problem at all. I mean, there's all this fear mongering about. Yeah, you know, well, I'm on some list. They're going to they're gonna pull me right. aside. I'm on, you know. They want you to come and visit because they want your money. I mean, basically, tourism's a big industry. Yeah, that's true. I mean, basically, you want to look at what the U.S. response is to anything, follow the money. Okay, that that's really all. Well, that's awesome. Well, now that we answered the hardest question, I think one of the hardest questions that we have, what are the other things that people are going through when they're sort of trying to figure out if they should, if it's possible? possible to renounce their citizenship and not not because it's not legally possible but it's that emotional aspect of uh yeah. giving up the identity the, how big of a factor do you think that is john and well, <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that the identity thing is a massive massive problem you know particularly for people who grew up in the u.s because you know citizenship is part of who people are it's part of their identity and you know, I think that people often express issues like, will I be able to loud in the United States or this sort of stuff is, is really they're talking, they're more worried about the loss of identity. Will I recognize myself if I'm no longer a U.S. citizen? This sort of mm. stuff. Right? Mm. And, you know, a while ago, we did that, um, you know, we did that discussion about the Dodge Stratus, uh, you know, which was based on a conversation I had with somebody. You know, that great ad, you're not losing a sports car, you're gaining two doors. Right. And we, you know, I said, well, that has some application to people who are renouncing. You're not losing your identity as an American. You're gaining freedom from the regulatory regime. And, you know, people like that, that helps them emotionally on this. But I had an interesting experience this week uh, with another another person who was basically going to pieces over the identity thing. But she, you know, she she really feels she has to renounce because of all the compliance complexities and that sort of thing. But, you know, the identity thing was really, really eating away at her and causing her extreme trauma. So I wanted to share, you know, I think how I helped her get over it. And, uh, you know, she had oh, no... I want to hear this. Yeah, I got to hear this. She had no Anderson cars and I started with a Dodge Stratus, but yeah. I just no interest in that at all. Yeah, so, that's a guy. It's kind of a guy thing there, maybe. Was and I said, well, you know, I mean, she's in her seventies, and so you know, so you've been retired from work. I think she was a former teacher or something. So you've been retired from teaching for around ten years, right? And she said, yeah, I've been retired. So then I paused and I thought, you know, 
how can I use this? I said, you know, here's how I think you need to be thinking about this renunciation thing. You know, when you were teaching, your identity was very much a teacher and you retired from teaching, but you still see yourself as a teacher. You know, that's a big part of your identity. So I said, why don't you view this renunciation thing, not as losing American citizenship, but as retiring from the job of being an American citizen every day. In other words, isn't that still going to be an American citizen? You just retired. Retiring from the day-to-day problems and obligations the same way many people do when they retire from a job. And she paused and looked at me and said, John, that's the most important thing I've heard in ages. Thank you so much for that. I am going to see myself as a retired citizen. And I thought, that might help other people too who are worried about the identity thing. You're not losing your identity as an American. You're simply becoming a retired citizen. What do you oh, think? That is brilliant. And you know, because that you're, you're that that is probably one of the best things I've heard because the the conditioning that we're subjected to and some of the mythologies that we're subjected to that would make us think, oh no, I'm really giving up something really incredible here. It's so hard to overcome. You know, you you know, that's the thing. You can't you can't build you can't be a uh, um a bad narrative by trying to undermine it. You need a better narrative. And that's what this is. Oh, you're just retiring from US, you know, you're just retiring. Right. I mean, she's sitting here in Canada. You know, she can go to the US anytime she wants by showing her passport, but she goes not as a Canadian, but as a retired American. That is beautiful. And there you go. And, and now, because that's the question that they have. Well, I can't travel. I'm just going to be stuck here. I want to visit. Hey, look, I want to visit my family. I actually do want to see my mom. I want to go back to the US at some point. If there's a funeral, I need to show up, right? These are the reasons people have. Uh, Keith, what do you think about this idea? No, I like it. I think it just, you know, I'm focusing on the psychological standpoint. I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. You're always going to be an American because that's who you are. You're just a retired U.S. citizen. That's okay, perfect, John. Right. That is perfect. Now, I, right, I want to I conclude with this, this question, okay? And it's a question for both of you. So there's not a lot of people that expatriate every year, at least according to the to, at least according to uh, the Department of State. And so the number is usually, I, it, you know, they they claim it's something like three thousand, but let's just agree that the number is you know ten thousand a year. Would you say that the emotional decision is the largest? But would, do both of you agree that the emotional decision is the largest barrier to more people uh, renouncing? I think that for people who do not have significant U.S. income streams or significant assets in the United States, I think that's really the only issue that people have. Because if you look at this objectively, I mean, here's another snippet of a conversation I had with somebody this week that I'll share with you. If you look at it this way, you know, I mean, I was talking to somebody who, you know, I mean, from my perspective, uh, because, I mean, this is sort of what I do. I mean... You know, there's no rational reason for this person to remain American. So, you know, I said to this, I said to this person, this is a different conversation. I mean, okay. Uh, I mean, let's be rational about this for a second. You realize, and he was complaining about the cost of compliance to renounce and all this. I said, no, you got to see this. It's just simply a financial investment. I mean, 
renouncing U.S. citizenship for people who have no financial ties to the U.S. is the only investment I know of that will pay you a dividend every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year for the rest of your life. There's no other financial investment that even comes close. So, I mean, you know, if you're really objective about it. So, but again, now caveat, all right, that applies as long as you don't have significant U.S. assets or income right. streams, right? right? Where things become different quickly. But for most of these people, you know, it's very much a psychological thing. It's tied into identity. And they use all these other, you know, all these other things as sort of reasons why not. But if you look at it from a purely financial investment grade perspective, show me a single investment in the world, financial investment that beats that. I mean, I think financial planners for people outside the United States should probably open every conversation with how much of a drag is your U.S. citizenship on your finances. Isn't it though, right? It's a carrying yeah. cost that is every year. And, and, and Keith, I'm sure you, Keith, Keith, I'm sure you do. You agree the emotional aspect of this? Not really look at the, the numbers. It's the emotional aspect because if everyone, if they, you look at the numbers, you would do it. Everyone would do it. Um, oh, exactly. I, you know, I find the people with whom I've spoken, the ones who have the hardest time emotionally, are, as John had said, are the ones who grew up in the United States. Right. That's where they have the more of the stronger tie, and so getting out getting beyond that hurdle of that psychological maelstrom and looking at yourself and i think that's so beautiful as looking at yourself as a retired u.s citizen i think will help it's your time help it's your time it's yeah you can go now right yeah. it's okay exactly yeah. exactly put your time in um right right, uh, right. okay so now i want to i want to conclude with this question okay and I'll, I'll start with you first keith on this one and, and um so keith if if because um, you have a pretty good pulse on how many people are out there um, and you run the American expatriates group on Facebook you have you're pretty well connected there's not too many more better people ask this question than you if the emotional part of this was conquered and people said and people made and if US expats overseas who are no longer have any reason to be in the US made that decision how many people would you estimate would expatriate if the emotional part could be conquered well, with the people with whom I've dealt over the years, uh, it would go up. It would go up significantly. I think that's right. a big block for a lot of people. And specifically, and just to reiterate, the subpopulation of Americans overseas, those who have grown up in the U.S., to and get over say, that hurdle, would, that they would, it would augment the renunciation significantly. Uh, right. I, and I, from and my I, perspective. I think it would, you know, it's a huge jump, uh, um, you know, many levels of uh, many, many higher power levels of power higher. John, what would you say? And if you would you be able to put a number on it? What would you say if people said, oh, yeah, you know what? I've looked at this. I want to retire. John's got it exactly right. Uh, how many people would retire, do you think? I think you put it that way it would probably, I mean, are you serious? How many would retire from the obligation? Right. If, if, right. If we were like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, if they could, if there's 6 million, if there's 6 million U.S. expats overseas, you know, I, yeah. Um, 
there's six million U.S. expats overseas, and you put it that way to them, probably seven million of the six million. Yeah, <laughs> I think that you know, I think they should change it not from renunciation of U.S. citizenship, but you're retiring your U.S. citizenship. Right. Well, freedom from U.S. They, citizenship as well. Right. Hey, we're the land of the free, so that's what you're. And I think what really should happen is that you know, so you pay the twenty three fifty or the four fifty. I think that they should give you sort of a you know, watch. Oh my god. <laughs> As a I mean, reminder I, of your time of service, right? Exactly. Oh, remember that? I used to, you know, I used to be a uh, yep, right? That's what I used to work for. I used to work for these guys. No, no, I, mean, I think that the US ought to give you something, uh, you know, as a recognition of all your years of filing forms and stuff, right? I mean, you know, come on. But I mean, let's not let's not extend this too far to the point where it seems like a joke. It's not a joke. No, no. I, but I'm being serious. No, becoming a retired citizen, right? Uh, I think makes actually a lot of sense. What do you think? I, think, I love it. My yeah. thing is this, right? I mean, I tell people transition basically. I mean, sure, I do these things that we can talk about in the language of immigration and tag, you know, this stuff. But but really, what this is about is helping people transition to a new stage of life. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you can make all the financial arguments you want. You can make all the immigration arguments you want. But if people's identity is so tied into this that they can't possibly let it go, then you got to figure out how to, you know, how to get people to understand they will always be an American. Their identity as an American will never be impaired. And, you know, we can look at it from the point of view of the Dodge Stratus. Okay, you're not losing your American identity. You're simply getting the freedom from the regulatory regime. Or we can look at it from the perspective of becoming the retired citizen. You're still a U.S. citizen. You just don't have the same obligations because you're retired. That's all. And and I think that these are, are good ways for people to, you know, deal with a, a hugely complicated emotional issue. I will also say we can, I think we can end with this. You know what? You're still you can't undo your Americanness. You can't. It's no. So you know you're not giving that up. What you're giving up is that taxpayer part, and that sounds pretty good to me. Um, so uh, thank you, gentlemen, so much for today. This has been a, a great topic, and I think you know that's the number one issue that we have with people is hey, can I go back to the U.S. and also the emotional aspect. So I think we've addressed the two biggest parts to it. Um, so hopefully this maybe will help people make that um, logical decision um, where they don't have to you know, spend so much time of their, 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 their time and energy and uh, on thinking about things that really shouldn't apply to them uh, for where they're living. Thank you. I want to thank Keith and John for joining me today. This is Anthony Parent of Iris Medic, and I thank you for watching.